we've already discovered that Jesus gave us signs to tell us when the end of the world was going to come about. And he gave a list of different signs, and one of those signs that there would be wars and rumors of wars, there would be conflicts in this life. Uh, then he also said that uh, one of the signs would be that the church of Jesus Christ would actually start to fall away and stop following Jesus. Well, today we've got to the third sign, and I call this the flagrant lifestyle. Now, in 1940, the U.S. government made a survey of uh, all the teachers in the American public schools. And they had one question, and the question was this. What are the major issues today in 1940 that, are, that you see with today's youth? And so this is the response from the survey. And the response was this. So the, the teachers of the public schools said that the major issues they see with the youth of today is that there is too much talking in class. They said that there was too much chewing of gum, too much making noise, too much running in the hallways. They were getting out of place in line when they should have stayed in line. There was improper clothing. They probably didn't wear a tie or something like that, and they should have wore a tie. And there was too much littering. That was the issues of the day. Now, I'm sure we've got lots of different school teachers and people who work in schools in our church. Some are here this morning, some are away or Thanksgiving. But uh, uh, I'm sure the school teachers and people who work in schools was like, I wish those were the problems we had, right? I'm sure, like just too much talking, too much running, too much chewing of gum. Because teachers today uh, are probably dealing with a whole lot of other issues. And it's amazing in the last 70 years where our culture has gone to. Now teachers are talking about drugs. They're talking about guns. They're talking about violence, sexuality, gangs, suicide, and so much more. And the problems that we are facing in our public schools are vastly more difficult than what teachers dealt with in the 1940s. But I've said on the, in this series more than once that it has to get darker before it gets lighter. And the Bible reveals that before the end comes, before Jesus Christ comes back again, and Jesus promised that one day he would come back to this earth again, the Bible reveals before that happens, then the lifestyle and character of human beings will get very This morning we're going to look at a few different uh, Bible verses. So if you have your Bibles, it would really help. If not, it's going to be, uh, all the scriptures will be on the screen. But we're going to launch this morning out of uh, the book of Matthew, in Matthew chapter 24. So if you have your Bibles, if you want to, Matthew chapter 24. And this is the chapter where Jesus foretold of what would happen in the future, future events. And this is where he told that there would be lots of different things going on before he would return. And in verse 12, he says this, in Matthew chapter 24 and verse 12, he said, Sin will be rampant everywhere, and the love of many will grow cold. So firstly, Jesus said that sin will be everywhere. Not just in a a few pockets, not just in a few communities, but sin will be everywhere, and then the love of many will grow cold. And then in Matthew 24, And verse 36, sorry, verse 37, 
He says, when the Son of Man returns, it will be like it was in Noah's day. In those days before the flood, the people were enjoying banquets and parties and weddings right up to the time Noah entered the boat. People didn't realize what was going to happen until the flood came and swept them all away. This is the way it will be when the Son of Man, that's Jesus, comes back again. So here in Matthew chapter 24, Jesus gives us two signs of what people's lifestyles will be like before Jesus comes back to this earth again. And the first is that society will become very sinful. Society will become very sinful and they will become very unloving towards each other. The second sign that Jesus gives says that our culture will look very similar to the culture that they had in the days of Noah. All remember Noah. Noah is the guy who built an ark and the, the, the earth got flooded. He was played by, who, who played him in the movies just in the new Noah? It was no, it wasn't Steve. No, Steve Carell was Evan Almighty. That's a good movie anyway, Evan Almighty. See, Evan said Evan Almighty, you know. No, who was the other one? It was the Russell Crowe. Russell Crowe playing the like, most righteous man in the world. I mean, is that like an irony or what? But anyway, but that was actually a good movie. Uh, but it was a little twisted, but I thought it was a good movie. But, but Noah was the guy who, when the earth got flooded, he built an ark. And Jesus says that the days of when Jesus returns will be very similar to the days of Noah when Noah lived before God sent this flood. And what I've noticed, even in my lifetime, sin has increased in our culture. Man has always been sinful. From the days of Adam and Eve, there was a sinful man. But, and sinfulness is in our nature. However, in the last days, sin is going to be rampant everywhere. When I was 12 years old, 1991, I was with my friends in England. And we lived by a park and they used to have these tennis courts at the park where you had to pay to go and play tennis on the tennis courts. Well, we were 12 years old and we did not have much money. So we and a few of our friends would go and there would be a little hole in the fence that we kind of made a little bit bigger. And uh, we would go onto the tennis courts when no one else was around and we would play tennis. And like, ooh, we're bad people, right? So we'd be playing and we'd do it all the time. Well, one day the park ranger came and he saw us and he shouted. He was like, Oi, you boys, get off there. And so as soon as we hear it, like I, my heart stops beating. I pick up my tennis racket. I probably leave a few balls on the tennis court and I run. I like dive through the fence and I run home. And my home was like about five minutes away. I ran home. I ran into, in, into the front door. I ran upstairs to my bedroom and I just sat in my bed and I was waiting for the police to come. Serious, I was like convinced the police was going to come, and and then there was a knock at the door, and so I'm like, oh no, oh no, and it was just I don't know some salesman or whatever, but I was there and I was waiting for the police to come. I came, I became so guilty because of this sinful act of playing tennis on the tennis court. That was in 1991. 
Last week, I was speaking to uh, one of the guys uh, in the church. He's a police officer. And he said that uh, his department uh, were hiring new people, and they had lots of applicants. They said they had a couple of spots, and they had over 70 applicants. He says, but the problem was most of the applicants did not qualify to be policemen because of past indiscretions. They said that when the... Uh, when the Applications came, a lot of them uh, said that, yeah, they have done drugs or even dealt in illegal drugs. I'm like, if you've dealt with illegal drugs, why are you trying to qualify for a police officer? He said that one guy at his interview, they asked him, have you ever committed a crime or have you ever stolen anything? And he said, no, I haven't committed any crime. He says, I mean, one time he said, I was walking along the road with my friends and there was somebody's garage door that was open and we saw a bunch of beer in the garage. So we went and took the beer, but I haven't really stolen anything. That's what he said. And so I can't believe that he's thinking that it is okay to go into someone's garage and steal their beer. I mean, that's just unbelievable. But that just shows where our society is today. Our society does not think that it is wrong when we do certain sinful acts. And we have to watch ourselves as Christians that we don't fall into the trap of living a sinful lifestyle and thinking it is okay because our culture says, yeah, it's fine, you can do that. And before the end is here, man's sin will be very evident And this morning, we're going to look at three characteristics of man's lifestyle before the end comes. And we're going to look at three or four different verses in the Bible to support this. We're going to look at both the Old Testament and the New Testament to get a picture of what these characteristics are. And so these are the three characteristics that man's lifestyle are going to be like before Jesus Christ returns. The first one is that sin will be celebrated. The second one is that self is going to be exalted. And the third one is that lifestyles will be what I call anti-Christ. Lifestyles will be anti-Christ. So let's take a look at these. If you've got your Bibles, if you want to turn to Luke chapter 17. Luke chapter 17. Jesus says that in the last days, it's going to be like the days of Noah. Well, Luke chapter 17 actually goes into a little bit more detail. And in Luke 17, starting at verse 26, it tells us, When the Son of Man, who is Jesus, returns, it will be like it was in Noah's day. In those days, the people enjoyed banquets and parties and weddings right up until the time Noah entered his boat And the flood came and destroyed them all. And verse 28 says, And the world will be as it was in the days of Lot. People went about their daily business, eating and drinking, buying and selling, farming and building, until the morning Lot left Sodom. Then fire and burning sulfur rained down from heaven and destroyed them all. So Jesus says here, he says that, 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 that in the last days, it's going to be like at the people in the times of Noah and the people in the times of Lot. And in the times of Lot, there was two specific cities, one called the city of Sodom, one called the city of Gomorrah. These were two separate people groups who lived at two different times, but they had one 
thing in common. And the thing in common was this, that they were so sinful that God vented his anger against them and destroyed them. In the people in, the, in Noah's day, he sent a flood and destroyed them. The people in the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah, the Bible says that fire rained down from heaven and it destroyed the city. And the Bible says that in the last days, sin will be rampant everywhere. And in both the days of Noah before the great flood and in the days of Lot before fire came down and destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah, the people who lived, lived rampant, sinful lives. So let's take a look at the days of Noah. What were they like? In Genesis chapter 6 and verse 5, it says, The Lord observed the extent of wickedness on the earth. And he saw that everything, talking about humans, they thought or imagined was constantly and totally evil. So the Lord was sorry he ever made them and put them on the earth. It broke God's heart. And the Lord said, I will wipe this human race I have created from the face of the earth. Yes, I will destroy every living thing, all the people, the large animals, the small animals that scurry along the ground, and even the birds of the sky. I am sorry I ever made them. Could you imagine if God said he was sorry that he ever made you? I mean, I couldn't imagine the God that that we worship, the God that we serve, would ever say that about somebody. But when people become so sinful, they become anything that God is pleased in. Nothing that God is is pleased in. See, the people in the days of Noah, they weren't just normal people who sinned. They were people who celebrated their sin. Jesus said that they had parties and they had banquets. They they celebrated their wickedness. They had evil imaginations. They lived lives that they planned to live a life that would disobey God. Genesis tells us that every thought that they had was either vile or evil. And Jesus said in the last days, men will live just like Noah the people in Noah's day lived. These weren't people who, who, you know, who hid their sin away, you know, just sinned behind closed doors in their own home. These were people who would just go out and they would celebrate the bad things that they did to each other, the violence and the hatred that they had towards each other, and they celebrated that sin. It was everywhere. Then in Genesis chapter 18, verses 20 to 21, God is talking about the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah. And it says there in verse 20 of Genesis 18, So the Lord told Abraham, I have heard a great outcry from Sodom and Gomorrah. Because their sin is so flagrant, I'm going to go down to see if their actions are as wicked as I have heard. If not, I want to know. So the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah, they were famous for their sin. God said, I've heard about the sinful acts that they are doing in Sodom and Gomorrah. 
It tells us here that the sin of these people, it was flagrant. The word flagrant means to be notably evident. It wasn't that these people, they, they, they weren't just late at night on their computer like looking at porn and no one else looked at. That they weren't just, you know, maybe having a secret affair and nobody else knew about. It wasn't that these people, you know, when nobody else was around, they, you know, downed a, a little few more drinks than probably what they should have. It wasn't that maybe they were stealing money when they shouldn't have, like taking money from one person who nobody knew about it. The Bible says that the sin of this city was flagrant, notably evident. Everybody knew about the sin of these people. They weren't secret about their sin. Sin was a way of life to these people. And when man stops hiding his sin, and they start to be open about it, and then they start to celebrate that sin, then Jesus says the end is near. Think about what people are open about today. What people even celebrate. When we switch on our TVs, you know, and what what is celebrated today, greed is celebrated. Drunkenness is celebrated. Sexual acts are celebrated. Violence is celebrated. Drugs is celebrated. Envy is celebrated. Lewdness. I mean, you just have to hear anything about Kim Kardashian and you know lewdness is celebrated. And so on and so on. We have to be careful as believers of Jesus Christ that we don't think it's okay to live sinful lives just because our culture may celebrate it. And it's hard because we see things on TV that are celebrated. But the Bible is very clear to say that is not a lifestyle that God approves of. And you know, we we are living under the grace and the mercy of Jesus Christ. We will never be perfect. We will always sin until the day that Jesus comes back again. There is no doubt I am a sinful human being. I sin on a daily basis. I know that. But the reality is there is a difference between being a sinful human being and living a flagrant lifestyle where sin is celebrated. And we've got to make sure that we do not celebrate with the rest of the world sin that God does not approve of. Second lot of scriptures I want us to take a look at is found in Timothy chapter 3. Timothy chapter 3. The Apostle Paul uh, wrote a letter to a pastor called Timothy who was the pastor of a, a church in a place called Ephesus. And, it, and, and Paul talked about the end of the days and the last days and what people's lifestyles will be like. And he talks about how in the last days, everything is going to be about me and I. It's going to be the days of selfishness. And so in Tim, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1 to 5, it says this. You should know this, Paul says, Timothy, that in the last days, there will be very difficult times. For people will love only themselves and their money. They will be boastful and proud, scoffing at God, disobedient to their parents and ungrateful. They will consider nothing sacred. They will be unloving and unforgiving. They will slander others and have no self-control. 
They will be cruel and hate what is good. They will betray their friends, be reckless, be puffed up with pride, and love pleasure rather than God. They will act religious, but they will reject the power that could make them godly. And Paul says, stay away, people. So firstly, we see that the Apostle Paul says that in the last days, times are going to get very difficult. They're not going to be easy. They're going to be difficult. And one of the reasons that it's going to be difficult is people are only going to care about themselves. People are going to walk around and it's like, what is good for me? How is everything about me? And that's what's going to be happening in the, in the last days. You know, we are the first generation in history who values the individual more than the group. Who values individuality more than community. We celebrate the part instead of the whole. You know, every generation before us has celebrated and seen the value in community. They see the value in authentic relationships. They see the value in coming together as churches, as being part of a neighborhood. Yet this generation that we live in, so many good things about this generation, but one of the problems with this generation is we value our own online presence more than we do real friendships. We value 15 minutes of frame more than a career of service to others and to our country. We value money, security. We value those who rebel over those who obey. This is what you call the 21st century postmodern culture. And this is the culture that we live in. You know, the church in the U.S. is shrinking. Less and less people each year are going to churches. Less and less churches are here in the United States. There are more churches closing than there are opening in the United States each year. But I do not believe that the church is closing because people do not believe in God anymore. I believe that the church is shrinking because we don't think we need each other anymore. We think, oh, I can be a Christian. I can stay at home. I can do what I want. I can live this good Christian lifestyle. I don't need anybody else. But the strength of the church is when we come together as the whole. And Paul tells Timothy, he says, in the last days, there will be people who are very selfish. In fact, he says that they will love themselves. Now, we have to be very careful, especially us guys, you know, that we don't love ourselves. I mean, you know, we look in the mirror and think, yeah, you're looking good today, you know. We have to be careful that we don't love ourselves. That we don't care about ourselves more than other people. That we don't do what we want because it's good for us, but yet it will hurt others. You see, we live in this culture that what feels good to me is right kind of culture. And in that kind of culture, friendships are betrayed and people seek pleasure instead of seeking God. And the problem with seeking pleasure instead of seeking God is that we try to find love, but we end up with lust. 
we discover that we are fighting or living for moments of happiness instead of seeking a lifetime of joy. We find that we live for today instead of enjoying the hope for tomorrow. We chase after satisfaction instead of finding true meaning and purpose in life. And Paul tells us that when you meet people who it's all about me, he says, stay away from them. Get away from them. Don't associate yourselves with those people. Because the enemy of God is self-worship. And we have a habit as human beings to worship ourselves. And we live in a time when there is a danger of being a lover of self. And when you find that you are exalting yourself. And if you are a believer of Jesus Christ, this is what you need to do. You need to turn around. You need to come to the cross of Jesus Christ. Kneel down at that cross. And you come and make yourself low. And die to self. And take up your cross. And then get up and be raised up to new life with Jesus Christ. Enemy of God is self. And when we die to self. Then we exalt and glorify God. And when we glorify God. Then we start to understand that the mercy. And the grace. And the love of God is so wonderful. And then we start to understand. That we would be nothing without Jesus Christ. And so there's nothing to worship about ourselves. But everything to worship about God. The last scripture I want to share with you this morning is Romans chapter 1. If you've got your Bibles, turn to Romans chapter 1. And Romans chapter 1 talks about the days of people living as antichrist. There is a difference between the antichrist, for those of you who've got maybe a little knowledge about the Bible, you know about the antichrist, And live in Antichrist. The Antichrist is a man who the Bible says will rise to power in the last days. And he will deceive the nations with great awe and power. And he will try to turn people away from God. But the Bible also talks about living an Antichrist lifestyle. And Romans chapter 1 explains what this lifestyle is. So Romans chapter 1, verse 18. We'll start at verse 18 and we'll read it through to the end of the chapter. And we'll read it all. And I want us to clearly understand what God is really saying here. Because some of this is very anti to our culture and the culture that we live in right now. It says this. But God shows his anger from heaven against all sinful, wicked people who suppress the truth by their wickedness. So God is angry at people, not just who are sinful, because he knows we're all sinful, but people who suppress the truth with their wickedness. Who who try to deny their wickedness and say, yeah, we're good, we're fine, we're perfect. Verse 19, it says, they know the truth about God because he has made it obvious to them. Ever since the world was created, people have seen the earth and sky 
through everything God made, they can clearly see his invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature. So they have no excuse for not knowing God. Verse 21 says, yes, they know God, but they wouldn't worship him as God or even give him thanks. And they began to think of foolish ideas of what God was like. As a result, their minds became dark and confused. So their sin started making their minds get a little cloudy. Instead of seeing the light of God and the truth of God, they started getting dark in their minds. And then they started getting confused. Remember, Jesus says, do not be misled. We talked about in week one. One of the reasons Jesus gave the signs of the end times so that we will not be misled. But it, now in Romans it's saying that there are going to be people who are led away by their sin and they're going to be confused and misled. And it says, yes, they will know God, but they wouldn't worship him. And their minds will become dark and confused. Verse 22, it says that they will be claiming to be wise. They will instead become utter fools. And instead of worshipping the glorious, ever-living God, they worshipped idols made to look like mere people and birds and animals and reptiles. So God abandoned them to do whatever shameful thing their hearts desired. As a result, they did vile and degrading things with each other's bodies. They traded the truth about God for a lie. So they worshipped and served the things God created Instead of the creator himself, who is worthy of eternal praise. Amen. And now what I'm going to read now, in our culture, I would probably be seen as someone, for reading this, someone who is maybe a bigot, bigot or someone who, who is hatred towards others. And I can see in maybe 10 years time, I may be arrested for reading what I'm about to read. But this is what the Bible says. And I, and, and I hate the fact that, that we have got to a place in our culture where what we're going to read makes me someone who looks like I'm someone who hates others. When in fact, I love others and I want people to see the truth. But this is what it says, verse 26. That is why God abandoned them to their shameful desires. Even the women turned against the natural way to have sex and instead indulged in sex with each other. And men, instead of having normal sexual relations with women, burned with lust for each other. Men did shameful things with other men. And as a result of this sin, they suffered within themselves the penalty they deserved. And then a lot of preachers would stop there. Because they're like, well, that doesn't apply to me. But then we go on, it says in verse, 28, in verse 28, it says, Since they thought it foolish to acknowledge God, he abandoned them to their foolish thinking and let them do things that should never be done. Their lives became full of every kind of wickedness, sin, greed, hate, envy, murder, quarreling, deception, malice behavior, and gossip. They are backstabbers. Haters of God, uh, insolent, proud, boastful. They invent new ways of sinning and they disobey their parents. They refuse to understand, break their promises, are heartless and have no mercy. 
They know God's justice requires that those who do these things deserve to die, yet they do them anyway. And then this just sums up this culture in these end times. It says, worse yet, they encourage others to do them also. In the last days, there's going to be a whole host of sins that are going to emerge in people's lives. That their lifestyles will be what we call anti-Christ. Even many who call themselves Christians will live anti-Christ lifestyles. We see it even today that many who call themselves followers of Jesus actually live lives that Jesus warned against. This is the anti-Christ lifestyle. We make gods out of anything and everything. We seek lust instead of love. We make natural sex into homosexual sex. We take greed and we suck the life out of people. We hate instead of love. We deceive instead of showing the truth. We gossip and quarrel and backstab. These people, they will become proud and they will disobey those in authority. And what's more, they will encourage others to do the same. And don't be misled. This is the Antichrist lifestyle. We may not like it. And we're growing in a culture that is celebrating some of these things. And I'm not saying that we should hate people who do those things. But what I'm saying is that people who are constantly doing these things have an anti-Christ lifestyle. Because their minds have succumbed to sin and their minds have become dark and confused. People try to justify these things. They twist the truth because they've been blinded. Instead, we think as lust, as love, greed, we think now is ambitious. We think people who hate God are now enlightened. We think people who are proud are self-assured. And we have to be very careful that our lifestyles are ones that Christ approves of. You know, we're dealing with issues now in the church that my father and grandfather never had to deal with. Issues that they would have never known what to do with. I spoke to my dad, and the day he retired, I said, Dad, is it harder to become a pastor now than it was when you started? He said, Son, he said, if culture was like it was when I started, I probably would have never become a pastor. But you know what worries me? Is that we've got kids over in the house over there who are going to grow up, and they're going to have to deal with a whole lot harder stuff than what we're going to have to deal with. And we need to pray for our kids. Because there, there's going to be a time when the truth of God's word is going to be anti this culture. And they're going to be hated. And they're, they're, they're going to be despised. They're probably going to be spat on, beaten, put in prison for believing some of the things that are in this book. But Jesus says, come close to him. And this is why we need to come closely uh, or daily to the cross of Jesus Christ. Why we are to die to self and raise to new life in him. This is why it's, the Bible says that we are in the world, but we are not of the world. Paul says that we must be transformed by the renewing of our minds. 
by letting God change the way that we think. Yes, it's going to get very dark before it gets lighter. And if the last 17 years years, uh, have seen an incredible increase in just different lifestyles that are more anti-Christ, then how much more will the next 70 years be? For us today, for we are a believer of Jesus Christ, and we need to pray that God will help us live a lifestyle that is blameless and holy before the Lord God Almighty. You know it is possible. It is possible when the whole world is coming against God and is celebrating sin and is exalting self. It is possible to stand above and live a lifestyle that God approves of. Noah was that man. And in Genesis chapter 6 verse 8, the Bible says, But Noah found favor with God. Noah found favor in God. And I pray today that the lifestyles of the people of Generation Church will enable us as a church to find favor with the Lord God Almighty when Jesus Christ returns again. Paul says, cling to what is good. Flee from what is evil. He says that we are to daily die to self and be raised to new life in Christ. That's why he says, it is not I that live, but it is Christ who lives in me. We're to live a Christ-centered lifestyle, not a self-centered lifestyle. And then the promise that Christ gave will happen to us. And one day Christ will return. And when that day returns, if we live that Christ-centered lifestyle, then Christ will say, I have found favor in you. And I pray today that everyone in this room, you will not be confused or misled by what this culture says. Because there's so many good things about this culture, but the reality is, is we live in a culture that is becoming more and more anti-Christ. And I do not want you to live that lifestyle. I want you to live a lifestyle that God approves of. And you may be in this place today, and you may be confused about some issues and some situations. Maybe you, you've, you've dealt with some of these sins that, that we've talked about this morning, that talks about and you're confused and you don't know how to break away from that sin that is not for you to concern yourself with all you have to do is come to the cross of Jesus lay yourself at the cross of Jesus and he says I will be the one who removes your sin and so this morning let us be a church that lives a lifestyle that is Christ-centered and that day when Christ comes back again we will glory with Jesus Christ And we will know that we've been approved by God. Let's bow our heads in prayer.